good, everybody. Welcome to the Gold Standard Podcast, part of the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. He is Levin Black. What's up, Levin? Nice haircut, Rob. Yes, I noticed. And uh, not a whole lot because we're still waiting on the dang Jimmy trade. First of all, I got my haircut two weeks ago, so you didn't notice Jack's shit. Well, and I was distracted all, by your daddy being on the pod last week. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> if you didn't catch that, by the way, Levin's talking about Grant Cohn. You can download it. It's also on the Niners Nation YouTube page, and you should. It was fun. Also, our first explicit podcast. So that was uh, something new for us that I definitely enjoyed because, not going to lie, this whole situation makes me want to swear a lot. Um <laughs> If we, if you are new to the show, this is where you get the hot takes mostly for me and the cold truth mostly from the human wet blanket, Levin Black. Want to remind you, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. What's up with everybody not leaving reviews? Let's go. Give us some reviews. You leave one, we'll read it on the show. You want to yell at us, criticize us, whatever, throw it in the review. I promise you, you will hear it on the show. Right. It's the offseason for the 49ers, not for us or you. Get to work, you lazy bums. Jeez. Let's go, people. Come on now. I know you got lots to say. You're in my mentions every second. Um, let's talk about this Jimmy Garoppolo thing, Levin. I, it's dominating the news. Like, we're literally on pins and needles. Every other quarterback in the league is getting traded, except for the one that everybody knew was going to get traded. And I, I think, like, we're all reaching a state of delirium here, basically where we're just starting to lose our minds. We've been talking about this and thinking about this for so long and arguing about this. And now that it's basically here, uh, people are crazy. I mean, shit or get off the pot. <laughs> That's what the Niners need to do. Like your, your offers aren't going to go up all of a sudden. You are where you are. I don't think any team goes, oh, well, Wentz is out of the picture now. Let's up our offer to the 49ers for Jimmy. I don't think there's any chance in hell that is happening. What the offers are, are what the offers are. Either pick one or move on. Now, the later this goes, the more likely it is Jimmy is holding these things up. That the 49ers can't trade Jimmy until the new league year starts and Jimmy can no longer say no to a team. I feel like in that scenario, neither team would be announcing it so that they don't have to deal with a week of Jimmy basically trying to trash the trade by basically coming on saying, I don't want to play there and trying to get it stopped before it actually officially happens. Cause no trade can officially happen until the new year, new league year starts. Right. Even if it's agreed to now, somebody could back out, change their mind, whatever, get a better offer. Even, um, I, I people just, they don't get it. Like, I'm, so I came out weeks ago, as soon as the news came out that Jimmy Garoppolo was having shoulder surgery and John Lynch literally said to NFL network, we had no idea he was going to have surgery. My immediate first reaction was Jimmy Garoppolo waited to have surgery on purpose because he's trying to tank his trade value, get released, and take advantage of that injury guarantee, which only kicks in if he gets released and cannot pass a physical. Like, And people are in my mentions. Oh, what proof do you have? You're a conspiracy theorist. You're Grant Cohn. You're this. Cohn. You're that. F you. You hate Jimmy. And guess what? That's exactly what freaking happened. Other people have written about it. Joe Staley was just on KMBR today and said the yesterday and said the exact same thing that Jimmy was pissed that they traded up to three and took a quarterback. And this is his way of using the tools that he has to get back at them. And by the way, that doesn't make Jimmy Garoppolo a bad person or nothing like that. 
the 49ers did what was within the rules and what was within their ability to do by trading up for Lance. And Jimmy is doing what's best for him and what's within his ability to do, which is to delay the surgery to try and become a free agent. Nobody's being a bad person or team or anything here, but let's just state accurately what's going on and let's stop throwing bouquets at Jimmy Garoppolo for being great Mr. Team first guy all the time. Like, come on, people. I mean, both parties are doing what's best for them. Yes. And what's best for Jimmy is to not do what's best for the 49ers, a team that wants to get rid of him. Like, why would Jimmy protect the 49ers at this point? Like, it's dumb. He's not going to. He's going to do what's best for him. And if you think, why would he want released? He'll have to get a pay cut. Players like to know what their future is. Nobody wants to go play on a one-year deal and then have no guarantees after. Jimmy, if he became a free agent, would likely be able to find a team that would pay him pretty close to what he's going going to get next year and have two years worth of guarantees. I think that's kind of what – I think Jimmy on the open market could probably find something in the 20 to 23, $24 million a year range but have two years worth of guarantees on there. I think some team out there would probably do that. Something like a four-year, you know, $85 million deal with $35 million guaranteed. You know what I mean? Where it makes it really hard for them to want to move on after one year. Like, why wouldn't he want to do that? Oh, and by the way, if he gets a signing bonus with that, he gets paid more next year. You know what I mean? He would have more actual cash in his pocket next year than he would playing out his contract. So there, there are a lot of benefits there, and that's not even talking about how... Jimmy would benefit greatly from getting to pick his own team, the exact situation he wants, because this is going to be his last shot. If he goes out and he stinks it up or doesn't do well and his team loses, nobody's going to pay him like a starter again. He's going to be looking at backup money. So this is his last shot. He has to play well, and he doesn't want to – why would you want to do it on a one year? Why not try to go out and get three, four years? And I think that's a really good point you make about the salary that he would make with the new team if he became a free agent. Just look at what the Colts, uh, excuse me, what Washington gave up to get Carson Wentz. They gave up, they swapped second round picks. They gave up two third round picks, one of which could become a second rounder if Wentz plays 70% of the snaps. And they took on all the money that the Colts were supposed to pay Carson Wentz. You don't think that Washington would have liked to be able to just give Jimmy Garoppolo, say, 15 to 20 million dollars and keep all those draft picks and save that money of course they would so you're totally right if jimmy was a free agent he's not going to get the exact amount of money that he would get if if he continued his current deal like you said but the fact that he would get to pick his destination would more than wake up for that so people need to open their freaking eyes here like (laughs) i cannot believe that we are bending not we some people are bending over backwards to, to refuse to believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is doing this totally obvious and understandable thing. I'm so sick of this. And stop telling me that the 49ers agreed, you know, they agreed to take care of him, blah, blah, blah. First of all, that was a gentleman's agreement. Second of all, that may have gone up and smoked the second Jimmy blindsided them with the surgery. So come on, like, Christ, man. We traded Joe Montana. We're not going <laughs> to trade Jimmy Garoppolo like Damn it. I'm so sick of this. (laughs) There's an important aspect that I think a lot of people are kind of just glossing over or just not even thinking about when it comes to why Jimmy would want to be released. And that's that Jimmy and especially his agent are being allowed to talk to other teams. 
they're being allowed to go out and try to find their own trade. So that means they know what teams are interested. They know what teams are out there. And I would guarantee that there are teams out there that says, yeah, sure. We would want, we would love to have you as a starter, but we can't afford to give up more than like a fifth round pick or, you know, whatever low round draft pick. And the Niners are saying, we're not doing that when we have a second rounder available from this team. And it could be a game of chicken right now, basically going on where Jimmy is trying to play hardball saying, I want to go to this team and that team's not willing to offer anything close to what other teams are offering. And Jimmy's basically saying, fine, then wait until the new league year and trade me. And the benefit there is Jimmy doesn't want to go to a bad situation for the reasons I already said, it's his last chance. So he's trying to stop them from going to March 16th and saying, all right, here's your new team. It's not the one you want. You know what I mean? He, If that's what the situation is, then Jimmy absolutely has to do what he can to get released because otherwise he's going to be forced into a situation he doesn't want to be in where it likely goes south and he doesn't get a new contract anywhere near what, what, what he could get if he gets to be a free agent and pick his new team. I cannot believe that this is where we are. I, I, you finally pin people down and what they say is, well, I'm not going to pretend like all, I have all the facts of the situation. Like, I don't know why we, why are people refusing to believe this? It's not that friggin' complicated. It's really not. Just look at the facts of the situation and look what people are doing. Don't look at what people are saying. Look at what people are doing. And it's pretty clear what's happening. And if you don't want to acknowledge it, that's fine. If you want to live in this fairy tale world where Jimmy Garoppolo loves the 49ers and the 49ers love Jimmy Garoppolo and they're just going to be, you know, best buds forever and pen pals and write each other letters after the trade. Like, that's cool. But you're you're just missing it. You're not living in reality. You're not living on planet Earth. Right. I mean, there's one thing that we know is a fact now. That there's no team out there offering what the 49ers want that Jimmy wants to go to. Because if that was the case, this would have been done. So that's why I say I feel like there's a game of chicken going on behind the scenes where Jimmy is trying to force his way, force the Niners to accept the deal that takes him to the team that he wants to play for, even though it's a lesser deal than what other teams are offering. And the 49ers are saying, fine, then we'll find a way to get underneath the salary cap and trade you after the new league year starts. The only thing that could differ from that, because I think that's a pretty accurate read on the situation. The only thing that differs is that there is some sort of mystery team involved that we don't know. And that there is some sort of bidding war going on, which I highly doubt, but there there is is a chance that there's a team out there that was saying, well, we will trade this, but we want to know what happens with this other quarterback first. There is the possibility of that. Like, what if the Niners are stuck in a situation where there there exists a team out there that is willing to trade something much more than any other team has offered, like a second this year and a second next year, but they want to see if they can sign a certain free agent first. If you're the 49ers, why not wait? You know what I mean? Well, they're not that the only reason is because they do have to get under the salary cap by Wednesday of next week. That's yeah, the but they don't have far to go. They can do that. There, well, there are moves coming. But here's the thing, right? So let's say you go to Eric Armstead or somebody and you're like, hey, we want to renegotiate your deal. If I'm Eric Armstead's agent, I'm looking at this like, oh, really? You want to renegotiate? OK, here are our terms. And guess what? I know you got to get under the salary cap by Wednesday of next week. So you better give me what we want. Otherwise, we're not agreeing to renegotiate. So 
it's not as easy as just like, oh, well, we can do it's these things. Everybody is going to do what's best for them. Even Eric Armstead and guys that are currently under contract for the 49ers and they should. And they, and I want to say that they absolutely should. So I think things can get pretty dicey here. If you're not going to trade Garoppolo before the new league year, because then you got to move some stuff around and you're not in a really great position to be bargaining for that. You know, there is a, uh one way that they could get under the salary cap that I think at least has some possibility, which would maybe be the most exciting way to do it. And that would be re-sign or extension to Nick Boza that is backloaded so that that first year has a much lower salary cap hit than he's currently doing. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, I know that. <laughs> yeah. If you think Nick Boza is going to do that deal, you're out of your mind. Um, I will. I want to, Highlight, I just saw a tweet from Akash that I thought was interesting and it's relevant to what we're talking about. He said, the next 10 days should be extremely exciting for 49ers fans. Jimmy Garoppolo trade, free agent moves, etc. This team's going to look a lot different in the next week or so, so it should be fun to watch. And he's totally right. Either they're going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo and that's going to get them under the cap by next Wednesday, or they're going to have to renegotiate a bunch of stuff in the meantime. So there should be a ton of 49ers news breaking in the next 10 days. Yeah, the, there are all kinds of moves that have to be coming, but it is the 49ers. Like, they don't leak. So I wouldn't be surprised if they already have the moves done and just nobody knows it. You know what I mean? It hasn't been officially put up there by the league, so nobody knows it. I'm sure the Niners know exactly what their plan is, and it's not just, oh, we better trade Jimmy or we have to cut him. They have other moves, but they know what they are, and they're just not letting people know it. And why would you? Why let other teams know that you've made your moves? You know what I mean? Like, the longer they don't – it's the same situation that they do in the during the season. They don't like to let other teams know anything going into games. So why tip your cap – or not tip your cap – why tip your hand beforehand, before you have to? Yeah, you got to – make sure you tip the right thing, not your hat. You got to tip the hand. Um it's possible that I would think that they would just want to move on. Like, don't you just want to get this thing? It's been hanging over the team's head for a year, ever since they ever since they drafted Trey Lance. And to be honest, even before that, right? Because there was the whole Tom Brady flirtation after 2019. There was that whole saga, too. So this whole Jimmy Garoppolo uncertainty, like you just want to be done with it. Get it over with. Not have to worry about that. You know how eager I am? to not have to worry and think about and be frustrated by Jimmy Garoppolo. Like I can't wait. I can't even, I can barely remember a time in my fandom where that was the case. It's been five freaking years. It's been half a decade. Haven't we suffered enough? I don't even know what we would do as a podcast without that. <laughs> Cause it's literally like the moment we started our podcast and you got this gig uh, with Niners nation was when all the talk started. Like that was when they there was talk of they might move on from Jimmy after the 2019 season. There was all that talk with Tom Brady that off season when we were first starting. And it's been this saga ever since. I don't I don't know if you would call it a saga. It's more like an odyssey because it's almost like torture. <laughs> it's just it's it's got to stop. It's got to stop. I think that I think that Thursday that today the 10th is the day it's going to happen. Um, and if it doesn't happen, I think it's going to be before Monday. I don't think that we go into next week 
the week the new league year starts and this deal hasn't been done yet for for a couple of reasons. One, the Niners want to move on. Two, there aren't that many potential teams out there for him. It's like it's it's not like the 49ers could be negotiating with a ton of other teams. It's probably the Colts, maybe the Steelers, the Saints have been rumored. I would be wondering if maybe the Giants would be willing to get involved. But other than that, like, that's kind of it at this point, unless they're really going to get nuts and, like, get Seattle involved, which I don't think that's happening at all. Other than that, that's pretty much it. The only other team that would sort of gum up the works would be Houston because Houston, of course, would first have to trade Deshaun Watson, which is a whole other thing, uh, and his future could become a lot more clear on Friday. But right. and um, that, that would be the player that I was alluding to earlier when I said there might be another quarterback out there that a team is waiting on to see what happens with him before they're willing to pull the trigger on giving up what the Niners need for Jimmy. Well, Teams why could do- be waiting for that Friday, even though that Friday is almost going to is very likely to be nothing for Deshaun Watson because they're going to go in and say, I plead the fifth. But I think I think and I, I'm not a legal expert. But I think what will happen possibly on Friday is. They might get the criminal part of this decided. It might be decided that he's not going to be charged with anything criminally. And if that's the case, then things will happen because there are going to be teams out there that are willing to trade for him, even though he has 22 civil lawsuits against him from, from different women. So, I mean, let's call it what it is. If there's nothing criminal here, then it is, he did things that are not stuff I agree with, but definitely not worse than Big Ben stuff. Definitely not worse than Tyreek Hill, who got a big contract, even with all his stuff. You know, there's a lot of players out there that have done criminal things and have actually had cases brought against them, which big in Big Ben's case, he got out of it. But the DA literally said there should have been enough evidence here, but there was basically tampering by the local police who were his bodyguards um, to throw it back to a long long ago story. But I feel like th- there are much worse things people have done, not that I agree with what he did at all or that I don't think it, it, they're terrible things that I would personally not want him as my team's quarterback due to them. But if it's not criminal, teams do not care about semantics, which at that point is kind of where it would go. I don't want to get into comparing what one person did to another team, but I think your overall point is that teams do not will not let this stop them from trading for Deshaun Watson, even if it is 22 civil cases, which I would imagine he's going to find a way to settle those cases. I, if I had to make a prediction on what is going to go down here, but we'll see. I mean, the Chiefs traded for Frank Clark with all like in the middle of all his mess. I mean, look, there's a long list of guys. I mean, hell the 49ers had an agreement to trade for Ben Roethlisberger that Mike Singletary vetoed. So uh, clearly Singletary. Yeah, I mean, there is clearly teams do not care about a lot of what goes on off the field, even though they pretend like they do. But anyway, I feel like we've we've gotten off the be- beaten path here. But the point is that if the Texans were interested in Jimmy Garoppolo, they would first obviously have to trade Deshaun Watson and then work out some sort of deal with the 49ers, which they would have a ton of draft pick. I mean, at that point. That'd be a great team to deal with, right? You need a quarterback and you've got a ton of draft picks? Great. We'll give you ours. Just hand over a couple of those picks. I mean, if the Texans are going to trade for Jimmy, can they, like, rehire Bill O'Brien before they do it? <laughs> I, I want Bill O'Brien making that trade. 
Yeah, Nick Casario, I don't think will give a 49ers as favorable of a deal as uh, Bill O'Brien has done. My God. Uh, by the way, how bad must the quarterbacks in this year's draft class be if teams are just, I mean, Denver's going crazy to trade for Russell Wilson. Washington's giving up all those picks to get Carson Wentz. They must be looking at the quarterbacks this year and being like, my God, these people are terrible, which to me, it goes to the 49ers credit for trading for Trey Lance, even though they did give up a ton of draft capital. Like, are you really that much worse off without a first round pick this year? If you're the Niners, Mm, not really. I mean, people were throwing it out there right as the combine was getting started and the quarterbacks were working out. They were saying if Trey Lance was in this draft, he'd be the no brainer number one pick like nobody would be debating it that's what the Niners got like what would the Niners have to give up to get to number one in this year's draft you know what I mean if they were at 12 like last year they'd have to give up considerably more than what they gave up last year like they made the right choice in going after Trey Lance last year it's just I mean everybody that listens to this podcast knows where we stand that they made the wrong choice in letting them sit for a year unfortunately there's nothing we can do about that but this is this is where they are now. I think all told, it was incredibly big for the Niners to sneak into the playoffs because that obviously affected the pick that the Dolphins got this year. They gave up the pick last year. So what was it, 29 this year that they had to give to Miami? So they'll have to give up. They'll have to go without a first-round pick for next year, at least as it stands right now. And you look back at that and you're like, as long as Lance isn't a potato – it's going to look pretty good for the Niners to have made that deal, which, you know, obviously we were all nervous about when it went down last April, but looking at it now, even, you know, coming up on the one year anniversary of it, it looks a lot better for the 49ers. I just want to get to the dang season so we can end this whole farce of, Oh, Trey Lance isn't ready. Like what we saw in the 10 quarters he plays was as good as Jimmy, if not better. So Explain to me how that's not ready yet. Jimmy is a starter that people want to trade for. That's what the podcast is going to be. You just asked. It's going to be watching Trey Lance and analyze. We are going to analyze and scrutinize every little thing that Trey Lance does uh, and to a crazy degree. And I'm going to be right there. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I have watched his 10 quarters. I I watch them like once a week. I just, I get excited about Trey Lance. I'm like, let me put him on again. Let me watch JT O'Sullivan's breakdown again. Oh, Kurt Warner has a breakdown. Cool. Let me check that out. Let's see what he says. Like, I cannot wait to get into all of that because I think it's going to be super fun. I think the offense is going to be choppy at times, but I think we're going to see some crazy, explosive, fun plays from somebody, from a quarterback, not from Debo, not from Ayuk or Kittle. It's going to be from the quarterback. And there's, I think there's going to be less pressure on those guys to be so great because I think Lance is going to help out. I think there's going to be less pressure on Kyle Shanahan to have to always call the perfect play all the time. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I sure hope so. At the very least, <laughs> when he uh, rears back and throws deep, I'm not going to be going, oh, shit. I'm going to be going, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, that'll be that'll be nice. That's like, the difference. I mean, we, we both admitted it. When Jimmy was making a throw, especially when he was going deep, our thought wasn't, oh, boy, what's going to happen? It was like, oh, God, just don't be picked off. Mm-hmm. That's where I got to when it came to Jimmy throwing outside the numbers or throwing deep. It was, oh, God, what's going to happen? 
And hopefully we are past those that we're so close to being past those days. The crazy thing is if he gets traded to New Orleans, guess what? He's Jimmy's going to be back in Levi's next year because the Niners host the Saints. So that would be a fun thing because every quarterback, Russell Wilson gets traded to the Broncos. We're like, yay, Russ is out of the division. No, nope, guess what? We still got to play the Broncos next year. Yeah, every we play time. Washington too. So Wentz is coming. Right. Which, are you excited? The North Dakota Bowl is happening. The Battle of North Dakota. Yeah, finally. Although, can we beat Carson Wentz? Every time he plays us, he kicks our ass. He beat us with the <laughs> Eagles and he beat us with the Colts. Well, just <laughs> if a guy beats you deep, Stop running, turn around, and catch the ball because it's going to be underthrown. <laughs> yeah, God. That was one of the most frustrating games of the entire season. That, I think, is the most frustrating. That was the low point, I feel like. That oh. was the low point. A game that should have been easily won, but our DBs just kept going, oh, the wide receiver is slowing down because when's underthrown? it? Let me run through him rather than turning my freaking head and picking the ball off. There was just like all of the weaknesses for the 49ers were just totally on display. You had defensive backs that, like you said, couldn't find the ball, didn't know what was happening, had no clue that the Colts are going to be chucking it deep. And then you had the 49ers, ultra conservative, not letting Jimmy Garoppolo, not trusting Jimmy Garoppolo to do anything whatsoever. And Frank Reich figured out, all I got to do is put this ball in the air and it's either going to be caught or we're going to get a penalty. And the Colts won. That was excruciating to watch. It's actually one of the few games this year that I haven't gone back to watch because those wounds are still too fresh for me. You know, it's crazy. And we're talking way too much probably about wins, but like I watched probably four Colts games last year. And came away thinking he he's bad. He's just a bad quarterback. And then he gets traded and I go, I was just pulling up his stuff to see how many games. I couldn't remember if he missed a game or not this past year. He didn't. And I was like, how the hell did he have that good of stats? Because he was awful. He threw 27 touchdowns to just seven interceptions. Guess what? That would be one of the best season statistically in Niners history. <laughs> yeah. Now, statistically, he had a good year. And then you're looking, you're like, wait a minute. He lost to the two-win Jaguars with their playoff lives on the line, and he had Jonathan Taylor running for a billion yards. Like, I mean, if, if you watched the games, you saw there were probably like 15 other interceptions that should have happened, but the TV right. missed them. He had so, one of the luckiest seasons you can have. I will say, if you go, uh, Zach Kiefer has a crazy article in The Athletic right now um, and it's all about basically the Colts were bound and determined to get rid of Carson Wentz, whether they could trade him, cut him, no matter how much money they had to eat, whatever the scenario was, like whatever they had to do, they were ejecting from Carson Wentz. And, the, and it flat out says because he was uncoachable, he was entitled, and he just would not protect the ball or put the, the offense in good spots. And it makes me wonder if maybe Jimmy Garoppolo will be a little more attractive to the Colts than other teams, because in terms of all that stuff, in terms of the intangibles, the off the field stuff, the coachability stuff, being able to take hard coaching. I mean, God, we know Kyle Shanahan is hard on, on everybody like Jimmy Garoppolo's a plus in all those areas. He goes, check, check, check. And you know how it is. Levin, you, you break up with somebody, the next person you're with is the exact opposite of the person you just broke up with. So maybe maybe to the Colts, Jimmy Garoppolo has more value and he's more interesting. You know, it, it's an interesting kind of uh, flip-flop between the two. I think overall, in terms of 
how I would evaluate and say how good the quarterback is. I think they're pretty dang equal. I think Wentz is more talented, but he has terrible intangibles. Every one of the intangibles, he's bad, like really bad. The type <laughs> that is kind of a deal breaker unless you're crazy, extremely talented like Kyler Murray, who's also supposedly not a good leader. We don't know as much about him yet, but more will probably come out if he continues down that line in the years to come. But you have Wentz, who's, I think, more talented, but because all of his bad intangibles ends up being pretty average. Whereas you have Jimmy, who I think is not all that talented. I think he has a pretty below average arm at this point. But he's an A at every intangible, which raises him up to the level of what Wentz is. If I was picking, I would take Jimmy just because of the intangibles. But if I was picking, I wouldn't pick either one of them. Yeah. (laughs) If those are my only two options, I'm in deep trouble. But no, I think that's right. I mean, intangibles do matter. Like Jimmy was beloved in that locker room. And when the quarterback has to be somebody that the team respects, period, you cannot win and be a team or win a Super Bowl and be a team if the team hates the quarterback. And Jimmy, by all accounts, was one of the guys. And I think that goes a long way with people in the locker room because they know that, like, look, the quarterbacks are the ones making all the money. It's just the rules are different for quarterbacks than any other player. They just are. So if a guy, if a quarterback can be one of the guys, I think that gets him a ton of respect. And like I said, from from everything we know, that's exactly what Jimmy Garoppolo was. That's actually one of the criticisms against Colin Kaepernick was that he wasn't one of the guys, that he was kind of aloof. He was kind of a loner. He did. He, he had his click, and that was it. And so he was tight with like Quentin Patton. They worked yeah, he, out. He had yeah, some people, but stuff. he had he had a few people that he was tight with, and the rest he was kind of standoffish. And and Jimmy, uh, excuse me, Colin Kaepernick was light years more physically talented than Jimmy Garoppolo from an arm, from a throwing perspective, from a running perspective. It's you not even get much more talent than what Colin Kaepernick had in terms so, of pure. Uh, arm ability and the ability to run and all that. I mean, he is, you put in a prototypical quarterback, it comes out pretty darn close to what Colin Kaepernick was. God, he used to run. He was so friggin' fast, man. Like when he was just galloping down the field. Yeah, one, once he got going, his first couple steps, it was always like when he started to like try to get away from the pass rush, I was like, just get a couple steps, get up to speed. Because he was pretty slow on those first couple steps because his stride I remember actually seeing them put next to each other on that long touchdown where he pulled away from the defense against Green Bay. His stride was a sprinter stride like Usain Bolt. Yeah. Supers, they're, they're almost the same height and everything. Their strides when at full speed were actually pretty similar, which sprinters take excessively long strides. Go watch if you're bored. You can Google it. It's on YouTube because I've watched it a zillion times. Watch his 90-yard touchdown run against the Chargers. He flies down the field and he jukes Eric Weddle out of his jock, which, by the way, Eric Eric Weddle got a little revenge on the Niners this year, didn't he? Making the tackle that turned around the friggin' NFC Championship game. Anyway, we, we've gone down a path here. Um, <laughs> I, I do got one throwback that I think you might enjoy because you're old enough to actually know this, and some of our older listeners will like this. You know, I think there's a really good comparison for Wentz from yesteryear. He's Jeff George. <laughs> I think Jeff George had a better arm. 
Jeff George had one of the best arms in NFL history, but Wentz is a supremely talented guy that fails every intangible. There's a reason why <laughs> Jeff George became a journeyman that some team, even late in his career, would convince themselves he can be our starter because he had enough talent to be great. The problem is, is that he was a grade-A prick. I also think if Jimmy Garoppolo had been drafted in the first round instead of the second, I think he would get more in a return. Like, people are still giving up crap for Carson Wentz because he was a first-round pick, and they're like, whoa, look, he was a first-round pick. He was physically tough. Like, he hasn't looked good in years. It's it's because teams evaluate a player at draft time, and then they're very reluctant to give up their initial opinions. Well, much I, like I think people there's a with bias. Jimmy. I mean, it's human nature. You have a bias towards your original evaluation especially when you haven't gotten to see the player because he's not on your team so you you keep falling back into that initial evaluation well yeah that would be draft time you do have film yeah you have film of them playing on another team in a different system i mean how many players out there that the system matters quarterbacks are a little different but you know there's definitely something there and i think that's why the draft like you said ends up mattering a guy that was super highly drafted goes for more in a trade even when we're five, six years down the, down the line when what you thought in draft time shouldn't matter at all. So I'm sorry that this whole pod was about the quarterback situation, but look, that is the biggest thing going on. Uh, obviously, there's free agent speculation about everything happening. All that stuff's going to happen next week. Legal tampering begins on Monday. News is going to break immediately because teams this <laughs> just in are already negotiating <laughs> guys right now. Those things are already taking place. So we'll have plenty of talk about with free agency next week. But until this Jimmy Garoppolo thing happens, that's the next domino that's going to fall. Uh, Hope you enjoyed the show. Again, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Leave us a review. If you leave it on the show, we'll take the time to uh, to read it. Excuse me. I promise you. Enjoy your day, everybody. Enjoy your Thursday. We'll talk to you next week. 